Welcome to the Shaky Experience. My name is James Richard Lane. Today, September 14th, 2021, we'll be speaking volume with Jordan and Mark of Neil Francis. Neil Francis is a bedroom pop, soulful indie rock band based in Los Angeles, California, founded in 2016. The project has released several singles, two EPs, and a couple of remixes. The project most recently released their single, It's Like a Dream, on August 27th, 2021. Their music has been featured in press, including KCRW, Under the Radar, Triple J's Unearthed, and more. They have toured with Unknown Mortal Orchestra, Jungle, and Poolside. They most recently performed the Underground Music Showcase 2021 and are scheduled to play Outside Lands Music Festival next month, sharing the same lineup as Vampire Weekend, Tame Impala, The Strokes, and many other legendary bands. I am so excited for them, and maybe I'll make it out. Who knows? Without further ado, Neil Francis, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So you released a few new singles this year, including It's Like a Dream, Stay Strong, Play Along, and Falling for You. Walk me through these tracks and what people can expect from it that may have not heard your music before. <laughs> Start at me. Um, Stay Strong, Play Along. Well, I can give you a little bit of context on that. On the first couple of tours we did, we rented this van from a company here in LA called Bandigo, and they had like a built-in TV Xbox situation <laughs> that we didn't really anticipate having. And then that kicked in the competitive juices between all the boys in the van and we happened to get FIFA and Mortal Kombat. I personally like to commentate my own video game experience. And uh, for you, some reason... Can I just interrupt? <laughs> it, it it completely changes the gaming experience when you have Jordan commentating, as he says. I mean, it's just it's a non-stop chatterbox <laughs> all only hyping himself up none of the other players dude i here's the thing i grew up on and i happen to have a guilty pleasure for pro wrestling from like the late 90s <laughs> so i would love the commentators so much and just like the good guy commentator and the bad guy commentator and i and i just i embody that when i play video <laughs> game i love to sledge the person i'm playing against i also hate to lose like i <laughs> I, I actually dislike the person i become when I'm playing <laughs> it's it's terrifying. Oh it's my god. Terrifying. So so who are you? Are you Jim Ross or Jerry Lawler? I would say I'm more of a Jerry Lawler, although I start off as like a Jim Ross fan favorite, and then if somebody's beating me, I turn heel very fast. You're so heel. Face is already out. So do you like mute the sound for like the FIFA game and everything like that? And you just kind of <laughs> he might as well. <laughs> yeah, he might as well. Or even like good. I don't think it had sound. I don't think I don't think no, there was there must have been. There was sound. No, Actually, you might be right. I don't know. Or even like go along with like the commentators of these video games and you act like you're replying to their exactly right. Exactly right. He talks over him. He doesn't do that. <laughs> Absolutely doesn't. Um, anyway, long story short, there was like I would like get the ball and I would start getting myself really excited if I go on a run downfield and I happened to figure something out before all the other boys did that we were playing against of like how to keep the ball on your feet on your toes or whatever the little hack is with FIFA and I was like stay strong play long I just kept like I would that was like my turn of phrase stay strong play long goal. Dude, I love the party-eccentric vibes already. Wow, you guys are bringing it in hot. Where did you find yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally while writing these tracks? Well, you know, the, la the last single 
it's like a dream. We found ourselves in the depths of the pandemic here in LA and we were just kind of all really yearning for for some club action or to dance again or to be around people and to kind of feel the energy of a crowd dancing. So that song, you know, is very much like an attempt of like getting back to that feeling. So it's it's very like upbeat dance driven and and kind of inspired by a lot of late 2000s uh house pop kind of music kylie minogue robin oh yeah so we were sitting here in the studio just thinking man thinking man we can't wait until this thing's over and and um, that was the that's kind of the inspiration and you know what's interesting is i think that goodwill like the thrift store has some of the best playlists that i've ever heard right like kylie minogue is always on their playlist and it just drives so hard like I personally love thrifting and I love the soulfulness that we hear in some of these playlists as well as kind of like the funk and everything like that. And when I was listening to your music, I was like, I could see this on a Goodwill playlist. And I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> I take that as yeah, a compliment. I'll take that as a big compliment. Yeah. Like, yeah you know, like thrifters ourselves. So yeah, we, there's we, something about, I think, I don't know. I mean, is that, you know, nationwide, does Goodwill have their own thing or is it just the employees just tend to be cooler, you know, hit people playing that music? I don't know. Seriously. Like who is curating like the playlist of Goodwill? I want to know this as well. So it's also interesting because you guys released great tracks and hearing kind of like the background story, how Van Gogh Vans had some inspiration behind it. Having these video games had a little bit of inspiration behind it and the dancing as well. But we also just came out of the pandemic and still you've been able to deliver this kind of more, more positive, melodic, fun sound. How were you able to stay so like sane and like keep yourself at bay with everything going on in the world? Like all the craziness, what kind of drove you to keep the positivity alive as well as like the dancing and great vibes that you give off? Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the, the kind words. I think we're lucky. Uh, we were lucky that we lived so close to our studio during the worst of the pandemic, and we were a little bit we were a little bit uh, naughty, I guess. And we would come to the studio and ha- and and keep writing music, and it was a weird thing. <laughs> the two of us, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't we didn't we didn't keep separated from each other. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you which, can't. You're partners in crime. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But thankfully, it's so close that it's it's a it's a it's a straight shot, more or less um here and i think i don't know dude it was it was a weird one for i'll just speak for me personally it was kind of weird and creative because ordinarily you feel the pressure i guess of the outside world and like i've got to respond to emails and got a phone call and like oh this is happening in real time and i've got to go over here and do this and blah 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 whereas it felt as if all of that just switched off and you had this like time where you could just kind of go, we just felt this like this endless abyss of like everyone's locked inside and nobody's really doing anything. So like I may as well just like go to my studio. Thankfully, it's kind of like a, you know, writing music's a little bit reclusive sometimes. It, it was actually a really creative period. Like I, I personally took the time like when I would hit a bit of a rut, like let's 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 sample something a different way because I don't, I'm not in a rush. So like let me cut something to MIDI on a keyboard and like see what that sounds like and just experiment with different ways and like learn different bits of gear and whatever whatever. Um, and it, it, it yielded really good, uh, really good, really good results overall for 
sort of like starting points and ideas and things for what we what we ended up releasing over the last like six months or so. I think maybe I'll just I'll add to that that you know Jor- Jordan is uh, if I'm going to single one of us out as the particularly productive one between the two of us, Jordan always seems to find a way to be working on something and and um, I'm kind of more of the type that you know will come in here and just goof off and, and not be recording when I should be. <laughs> Yeah, but you, I remember you making like quarantine beats, mm. like, and you had like probably thirty different ideas because you were just kind of keep pushing, kept pushing and trying, trying out new things, which, which um, was definitely helpful in our kind of writing process. Yeah, and it's funny, Mark, because you're originally from California, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're on island time. Like, what can you expect? <laughs> well, I'm from Australia, so yeah, yeah I could be on island time. A as literal well. island. Yeah. <laughs> A literal um, island, Australia. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, good for both of you guys th- for coming out of it and making the best out of the situation and still doing sort of, I guess what you were just saying, Mark, about Jordan making those like quarantine beats. That's so interesting because it still keeps the creative juices alive. Yet, I guess like it's also kind of more just maybe a meditative practice or maybe something more just for fun, I guess, just to keep the wheels in motion. So. I have to do that stuff for me, like as like professionally. I I I just love it, dude. Like I just yeah, it makes me happy. Even if I'm in here and I've like I, as a, I made a joke before, but I've stole I stole his like what's it called that Williams keyboard. It's just got like eight presets. Yeah. Some this like sometimes, but like I stole it and put it in my house, and I'll like have sit there and have like two chords that I'll find or something like that, and then being able to come in here and write tracks around that and then also sampling different things and i got a real sense of self doing that stuff you know i love that and i guess there would be a lot of b-sides to come from these sessions because it sounds like you guys had a lot of time made some cool beats maybe some more meditative ones more serious ones can we expect more upcoming releases covers collaborations or anything else this year yes the answer is yes um also just like creatively the way we kind of approach it is maybe like two or three different ways. One of which is I'll be making like, I guess, you know, air quotes, beats and and Mark will come in and like freestyle lyrics and melodies and just throw stuff at a wall. And at this point, we've worked together long enough that I know that even if I write 10 instrumentals or beats and stuff, maybe out of all, out of those 10, maybe four, make it all the way to the finish line, maybe five. So it's like on me to have just a continuous amount of stuff. Right. So like some of it hits the, what's the phrase? Hits the workshop floor or the wall? Hits the, no, well, I've hit the wall. Some of them work uh, and then it uh, hits the, what, they what are, stick to the wall and then are they down? Anyway. Yeah. Um, I get you. I get yeah, you. we have, we have, there's a lot, a, a, there's probably out of like the most recent batch of songs that we're working on at the moment. You know, if there's, if there's, if there's 14, if there's upwards of 40 things that have made the cut for what we're working on, there's probably 20, 25 things that are half-baked or just for whatever reason we lost interest in and at this point we kind of know that if if we have lost interest in it the two of us there's probably it's probably not that good and like just move on yeah you know i'm sure us as fans though we would still love to hear maybe that like one day we'll get like that full itinerary of like b-sides just like just a big, just a big soundcloud yeah. big SoundCloud playlist yeah. <laughs> like who who leaked this <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So guys, I have kind of an interesting question for you. So I know that you got to spend all this time together in the pandemic and, you know, quarantining together and writing all these songs together. So I'm assuming you guys have got to know each other pretty well, well enough to, if I could ask Jordan, what is Mark's favorite Neil Francis song? And likewise, Mark to Jordan. Do you know that? I don't know. I don't know what it is, honestly. I would say Mark's uh, uh, released, right? Obviously, obviously. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. I would say "Ask Me Anything" would be up there. Yes, no. Yeah, that's up there. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, shit! Can I have a quick look at our catalog? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. I, that's a good that's a good guess do you have it in mind mark no i i, I don't i'm like, like i i do love that song oh uh, maybe show me the right as well show me the right yeah show me the right but, uh, yeah i would say those two <laughs> what's that first ep going on it's like, i love yeah. i love them <laughs> <laughs> i think asking anything is a good guess. Yeah, i mean it, 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 it that one's kind of different at least but yeah i don't know if i have a favorite okay what about mark to jordan i don't know i think Teardrops? No, not anymore. No. <laughs> okay, maybe Mr. Blue, just from a yeah. mixed standpoint. <laughs> also, okay. game, game. Oh, I love games. Yeah, we both games. love. It's hard to pick a favorite. You know? Okay, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> just curious. Good question, though. That's a, that good question. a good question. That's a really good question. So, will you be touring the states post COVID? Yeah, we're going to go into a uh, top next year, confirming cool. a couple of things, but. Uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Keep an eye okay. out. Okay. Maybe with poolside again? Uh I don't think we'll be with Jeff on that run. Um, but we might be able to do something with him at some point next year. Who knows? I had the pleasure of seeing Poolside open up for Tyco in this huge ballroom in Colorado. And Poolside absolutely delivered. Like yeah. their their stuff is freaking great. It's yeah. such a vibe. It's such a part. I love I love, yeah. Their, their their fans are great too. I mean, it just feels like such a good vibe. Awesome. Yeah. What track are you looking forward to performing live the most when you are able to tour again? You know, we 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 just performed again for the first time uh, in Denver, at, and um, we played our new track. It's like a dream, and that one is really really fun to play. So I'm, I'm excited for that for that on on the forthcoming tour. Um, it's just it's a really fun one to play i think that like the way we have it set up um live which is like using a a, a midi sequencer on stage to like trigger notes from our moog uh synth and like just playing with kind of those sounds are, are particular is particularly fun it's like a big fat synth sound so yeah i would say it's like a dream i'm the most excited about it you know that track in particular i feel like that has a very very soulful vibe to it like when i listen to that i kind of imagine sort of maybe like a billy holiday or something I, I i don't know like there there's some in-depth like spectacular sound to that was wondering did you have like an influence of soul while writing that track for, for me it was mostly it's mostly like you know this pop kind of house thing um i think that like it's funny jordan and i i you know we always kind of aim for something and we end up somewhere else like this whole yeah this whole project started uh with us trying to write songs for other people and all of a sudden we ended up with a our own thing you know and and so oftentimes yeah maybe we were attempting to do this this pop <laughs> house song and ended up a little more soulful than we thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. What would you say makes a Neil Francis song? Melodically interesting and catchy. 
definitely there's there's a, a, an interesting mix of electronic and acoustic sounds and then i would say lyrically meaningful you know yeah it's funny because i actually discovered you through music sounds better with you i i feel like i heard it in an ad or something like that and i just had to like go for it right away i was like this is something i need to shazam right here right now so i shazammed it I discovered you guys. I, I've been a fan since. And then when I saw that you were playing the Underground Music Showcase, I was really stoked because I had already been listening to you at that point. And I had the pleasure of playing that festival a couple of times as well. So to see you guys like on the main stage, coincidentally at the Goodwill stage, which is sort of funny, kind of yeah, talking right, about right. earlier, you know, there's just like this big thrift store and then the parking lot is sort of where their main stage is. And there was a lot of great artists on that lineup. There was Remy Wolf, the Alalas. There was, there was a lot of artists. Damn, Damn Funk yeah, played Damn before Funk. us, which is like crazy. I'm a huge fan of Damn Funk. For Damn stage. Punk. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They put on like an excellent show and it was great to see you guys like just come forth, have that like huge, like banger of just songs hit after hit, at least that's what it felt like to me. You had like a massive crowd, a great stage show. What was that experience like for you coming back after COVID and being able to perform such an awesome festival like the Underground Music Showcase? It was, I'll just speak for myself, it was psycho. I I, I, I had an inkling because I spoke with our the guy who books our shows and he was like, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be people there regardless. And he did, we had a great, like a perfect set time in my opinion for our type of music, like just going from sunset into the night sequence our set sort of like that as well you know and it was i don't think i could have asked for more re reaffirming or something like that kind of like way to come back and play shows after being without doing it for a year and a half it was like holy holy hell this is this is incredible um we rehearse a bunch we don't have we don't have backing tracks with us so we like we do rehearse a bunch and you can't really practice for the fight or flight that kicks in in front of that many people yeah. or at least i definitely can't yeah and, right and yeah like it was man i was so pumped up to play a great show first song happened first song happens and the bass from the thing shake my drum machine off the keyboard stand and for the next three songs dude i can't get out of my head i'm like Shh, like just i feel like i'm chasing my tail the whole time it's like rushing around <laughs> but it's like that that buzz it's just this it's it's the best it's it really is amazing and that amount of people how responsive they were it still blows my mind it still blows my mind seeing people sing songs that we've written together in like this room uh and then you see people singing them back or singing the words or like you know not to be cheesy but dumb love comes on and the boyfriend reaches over to the girlfriend you know, makes out and stuff. It's like, this is, that's, that's, that's sick. You know, that's, that's totally sick. Oh my God. Like a rom-com. You guys are like the background yeah. of like guys. a Ryan Gosling movie or something oh. like that. I'm also picturing Jordan, like after you get off stage, you just crack up into Budweiser's and stone cold it. Like just like, <laughs> the beers, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also sure it was like, like a dream for you guys and pun intended by the way i you know i'm sure 
uh, just being yeah. able to have like that sunset and like that experience just be so magical. It sounds pretty great. And for a fan, it, it was pretty cool to, for me to see it as well. So going into your history a, a little bit, when did you start performing as musicians? And just talk to me a little bit about that. 2017, right? Well, you're talking pre pre Neil Francis, just in general, or are you saying Neil? Yeah. So pre Neil yeah. Francis and oh, then going okay. into Neil Francis. Oh, God, man. I mean, I've been in like, uh, like musical theater and like, you know, jazz band and like different things my entire childhood. So I guess, I guess I've been performing, I feel like almost since birth, to be honest. Um, my, uh, I come from like a family of singers and performers. And so I don't know, it was just kind of like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't performing on this actual stage, I was literally standing on top of the dinner table and singing it. <laughs> two or three years old so long, wow. it's been a long time yeah that's really cool and how about you jordan i am not from a musical family whatsoever but i was i mean dude my brother i looked up to my my oldest brother as a as like the youngest in the family usually does and just follows him around and everything that he does is scripture and he he had um doggy style snoop dogs doggy style yeah and when i was like an eight-year-old nine-year-old maybe 10-year-old kid i'd never heard rap news before i couldn't believe the stuff they were saying i and like over and by everything else obviously the beats i was like holy shit this is incredible i've never heard music like this before and just like fell in love with rap music um and then i i got into djing when i left school I always, I always took music really. I always loved music, but I didn't really know what I could do with it. And then I went to a music festival, full transparency. I went to a music festival and took some ecstasy. And I saw the guy DJing house music. I'm like, I don't know what he's doing, but <laughs> I, I want to do that. That's it. Um, and well, I mean, dude, yeah. I, I had the same reaction when I took ecstasy. I'm pretty impulsive sometimes. And I was like, I, was, I think that following week, I went and bought two turntables. This is pre CDJs. I went and bought two turntables, walked in like a complete, uh, you know, totally green into the local record store and bought like Michael Jackson mashups and stuff, like thinking I was <laughs> change the world. And uh, taught myself how to DJ, did that whole thing for a, a few years. Um, and then, yeah, I always say kind of serendipitously, Mark and I, Mark moved back from New York with his, from his previous band and like music project. I moved here. I was living in London at the time. I moved to LA within the same week and we had a mutual friend. I had known Mark previously. Well, we'd known each other previously. We'd worked together on a couple of things here and there, but we happened to move back within the same week as one another. And I had, as you, as usual from day one like i had a bunch of beats and i was like hey man you want to like sing some top lines on this and no pressure we can get someone else to sing it i don't even know what we we're thinking but like yeah, yeah we'll get yeah. someone else to sing these songs or something like that yeah well we were like oh we're gonna find we're gonna find some like really <laughs> cool like pop singer girl to sing these songs and so i'm like i'm like oh i'm gonna try to sound like a girl so we would i would try to sing very, very falsetto like high range we did try we did we did send it out to did we? yeah we did yeah there were a couple singers that were like hey oh, maybe you're right try yeah. to sing these you know and um they sounded good it yeah. was just i think that we kind of lucked out we had some demos on like a soundcloud yeah uh, like a private soundcloud mm -hmm. a, a friend of ours who's kind of in the industry and believed in us uh started sharing it um with some people and one of like the local djs 
uh, here on, on our independent radio station, 89.9 KCRW, like heard it and ripped it off the internet and played it uh, nice. randomly. And then like a friend hit up Jordan and was like, Hey, like they just, they just played your song on, on. I still have that text, you know, on the flight back from Denver, uh, I was bored flipping through photos. Yeah. I have, I screenshotted that text. I still have the text from Elliot. Being no, like, Yo, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. That's so cool. That was kind of like a moment where we were like, oh, wait, maybe um, maybe our demos can can just kind of live on their own and <laughs> build off of that. So. Basically, you know, just the little synopsis is thank you to Ecstasy for bringing you two together. <laughs> <laughs> thank exactly. you, Ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Just a couple of wild animals. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Neil Francis, I, you know, I wouldn't even expect that. Like you get, you guys just like are so melodic in your music. You know, you're just so chill. It seems so down to earth, but it turns out that you guys are kind of, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of wild animals. It's it's sort of fun. It's, it's kind of cool. I, I kind of love that actually. (laughs) It's always what you wouldn't expect, you know? Yeah, exactly. Nice guys are the ones you got to look out for, I guess. (laughs) Speaking of which, where did the band name come from? My dad's first name and my mum's first name. And we couldn't really, we didn't have any, we really didn't have a lot of options. And I think we had to come up with a name real quick because we were looking yeah. for a bitch dumb love. And we're like, need a name. And somebody else did that, or I can't remember what inspired me, but I just came to Mark. I'm like, thinking Neil Francis. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And we just like landed on it. And people were Perfect. like, what about, what about Mark's parents' names? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't go that way either. I don't know. It's got Rod- good names too. Rodney Christina didn't quite roll off. Oh, uh, Rodney Christina and Neil Francis. Maybe that should be like your album title's name, Rodney Christina. There, there's going to be some like you know alter ego project that comes out maybe down the line. Yeah. Pretty funny, guys. I, yeah. uh, I I love that, and I totally didn't expect that. I'm now thinking your parents must be like honored. They're they're probably flattered to know that their names are just like playing festivals with the Strokes now. I mean, my my yeah, they my as I said, my mom and dad are pretty conservative. Like my mom's uh, an accountant. My dad's like big personality, but still like conservative but at heart, like old school dude. If you're not doing, if you're not, you know, an attorney, an accountant or something like that, that he understands, like, what do you, what, I don't understand what you're doing. And then funnily enough, the other day when I sent him those, I sent him those, those videos or like bits and pieces as this, as this project has become more successful, it makes sense to hear to them. And there was one moment where, Oddly, music sounds better with you. Had this moment on TikTok where it was like a trending sound and what have you. And Gordon Ramsay's daughter did this like thing. I think it's there was trend. a there yeah, where where like you're kind of boxing with your eyes closed or something like that, and then you stop and go away. I, whatever. And I sent it to my parents. I was like, "This is what do you guys think of this?" And they're like, "Oh my god, Jordo, like this is great." And then. <laughs> I sent I sent them the crowd the other day because right now Australia's in this weird spot or Sydney in particular is in this weird spot with COVID and they're actually having to go through a lockdown. And uh, I sent them the video of that and my dad was like, "Holy hell! Like, I, I that's a that's insane." So yeah, it's after a while, you know, that's incredible. What an accomplishment, Jordan Ramsey's <laughs> daughter. Yeah, that's so <laughs> right. sweet. 
right. Like, yeah. I, it, honestly, I would have probably messaged her and be like, "Do you want to like do a music video where like you're oh, cooking yeah. and like you're smarter than me?" I yeah, know. like I, there's there's so many endless pops possibilities. Be like, look, we'll get you in a show for free. All you got to do is ask your dad to do catering for us just for one night. Oh, like that's it. Come in the studio and yell at us. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, you bloody donkey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have your family and friends support early on in like the early phases of the project? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, nice. They, they're always on board with you guys being like musicians and touring and all that other stuff. I mean, for for me, it's it's I like I said before. I feel like just coming from a family of performers, they kind of get it. They know that like you know that uh, there's it's a big risk, and you know there's not a ton of money in it, and you know but you got to do what you got to do, and maybe you get lucky and and um, just work hard. So my family's always been supportive, and our and our friends have always been super supportive. Like um, throwing us, we we like our our friends and girlfriends at the time threw us like a surprise release party when we, yeah. when we released our first song which was ah. like, so, so sweet and so um encouraging you know what i mean and uh yeah i think that that, that, that is, as far as that goes yeah we've been pretty lucky to have some some good people on our side i uh, love that i mean my parents my parents were really supportive again like i said my they're, they're kind of old school though so it didn't un, until it made sense and and you know, there's a roof over my head, and I'm living fairly comfortably. Then it makes sense to them. They're just worried, and they just want me to be, you know, okay and and and, and secure, I guess. And I think a part of I've always had a laugh, like the idea of pursuing music. You got to be a little bit delusional, like you got to be a little bit crazy in the head to think that you're going to rise above other people yeah. or whatever. And thankfully, I've always been a bit of a nut. So yeah, and um, it's it's the best, right? It's like yeah. the greatest thing ever. You wouldn't change it for the world, would you? Yeah, that, that's the that's the way to do it. So we we've been talking about your history a little bit, and one of my favorite things to ask, especially going into the history and diving into the beginning phases. Do you remember your first live performance and what that experience was like for you guys? As Neil Francis, or just live performance as a human? I, I kind of want to hear both, but I guess Neil Francis. We we've been man, we've been so lucky. I mean, the first show that we ever played was um, at a festival here in LA called Echo Park Rising. That's yeah. the festival that I was talking about earlier. Is that okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome festival. Yeah. I mean, like you know, the whole neighborhood comes out, and there's multiple venues, and it's just like packed. It's a huge party. We um, I don't know how. I mean, I I we it just kind of happened for us, like we ended up being the last to play on the indoor stage. So I don't know if you call it a headline or whatever, but it was just like a raucous, crazy party. And, you know, we had practiced for like months and our band was like pretty tight. Like we were sounding pretty good. And we came out with like a punch. I mean, we, we just like, it was such a great show, a great way to start. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. And, and since then, you guys have also toured with musicians, as I was mentioning earlier, Poolside, Jungle, and Unknown Mortal Orchestra. How did you guys link up with those bands? And do you have kind of a crazy tour story while being on tour with those dudes? Linking up with them um, it's probably through our, our booking agent, who is, you know, a boss and like books those fans and um so we got lucky to kind of get hooked up with them 
I guess, I mean, a crazy tour story. I don't know about a crazy tour. I, for one thing, you know, I, I am like probably one of the biggest unknown or mortal orchestra fans in the world. Okay. I like, I'm obsessed uh, yeah. with, with that band and, and Ruben and um, everything he writes and does. And like, when we played with them, I just remember like being so nervous that I just literally never spoke to them. <laughs> I couldn't ever, I like didn't, I don't know. I just didn't ever like find a good moment to go up and say hi or anything like that. But that was, you know, one of our greatest shows. We actually just played one show with them, right? Was it one, more than one? No, we just did, no, we just did one show with them. And um, man, it, it was just a great show. I mean, it was like, it was, it was everything I could have wanted in terms of like how well we played and the crowd's reaction and stuff. And they're just such a fucking good band, man. They just like rip and they're all just amazing musicians. So it felt good to, to nail that one. Um, have, have you spoken to him or does he still think you just hate him? No, I mean, uh, well, never. Can I, I thought it was hilarious. Personally, I, I didn't give a shit. I'm also a fan of, yeah. Mo, but I didn't give a shit and I walked up and like sat there and ate. I think they had like catering afterwards and I sat down with his brother and him and the snake, the bass player, and we're all sitting there chopping it up. Yeah. And I'm like, Mark's standing over there with like in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, what is, this, what is this guy doing over there? Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. I don't know. I'm usually a pretty like, you know, gregarious social person, but I don't know. I just couldn't. Just couldn't handle it. I mean, I get that. That's that's how I am with my favorite band as well. And I also, if I saw the, sh- I mean, the fact that you guys are on the same lineup as the Strokes is like freaking insane, right? Like that, they are just absolutely like legends. You guys are amazing, but these guys have been around for what, like two and a half decades now, or something oh, like that. Yeah, I, I still remember, you know, being I don't know, I, mean, I must have been like probably thirteen or fourteen or something, and seeing strokes for the first time they played some late night show they played snl or something and just being in absolute awe of like the sound that they were making like the style of music i had never heard anything like it it was just like this freaking crazy like repetitive like strumming energetic thing they played the you know their hit at the time last night oh yeah some late night show and i was enthralled just like couldn't walk away from the screen, like tried to find everything out about them I could and bought the record and blah, blah, blah. So huge fan. I love your passion for music. I love how you describe it. I feel like you should be like a voice actor or like a narrator just for like <laughs> music, you know? <laughs> I feel like my voice is too like nasally for that or something. I mean, voice actors, like, you know, they're like in a, from in a world. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could, yeah, no, I don't know. I love music. Fair enough. Do you feel there's like a certain message that you're trying to convey to your fans through your music? Oh man, you know, I think that we we definitely try to push like everyone is welcome type of vibe. You know, there's so you know if we are positive at the end of the day, like it, it, in terms of like writing happy or sad songs, maybe we kind of lean towards the happier or whatever. Not that we don't write sad songs, but. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, I guess all I would say to our fans or potential fans is that like, you know, the the tent's big enough for everyone. Like we want everyone to show up and, and kind of be part of the community because I don't know, we're not like the coolest dudes in the world. We're not, we don't think that we're like, you know, <laughs> like it's just, I guess inclusivity is, is better than, than being so hip and cool that, you know, 
exclude, you exclude people. So we're not. I get that. And for the record, I, I think you guys are some of the coolest people in the world. So I, you know, <laughs> at, le- at least to me, you guys are cool. <laughs> so let's dive in to the fun questions here. So I am going to say a phrase and then you tell me first thing that comes to mind poolside cocktail martini i don't know know why how about poolside band yeah oh my god i mean neil young cover yeah neil young really what cover oh um, harvest moon harvest moon oh right yep yeah yep 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 great song australia kangaroo jordan (laughs) (laughs) there's a kangaroo named jordan would you say (laughs) Tour snack. Oh, chicharrones. Starbucks cold brew. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody hates that I eat the chicharrones on tour too because they're kind of a little smelly. <laughs> they call me Iron Gut. Yeah, this guy survives <laughs> off of Carl's Jr. salads and like yeah, yeah, the, the gas turkey. station gas station snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Music festival. Uh, outside lands. <laughs> yeah. Party. Yeah, sunset. Music sounds better with you. Stardust. Yeah. Yeah, nice. fair enough. Yeah, totally. And how did you get to choosing that song? What what made you choose that song to cover? When I when I DJed back in the day, that was like the that was my main gig. Um everywhere from serious DJ gigs to like bar gigs and you were playing at that at like sort of 120 to 130 tempo. It was always such, the original record was always such a great record to play because it had like a 30 second intro where it was, dun, 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 dun. it would do that for 30 seconds, but without the drums in there. And you could always get, no matter what the song was that you were mixing out of, you could always get a great blend going between the two. And if you were losing the dance floor, everyone knows that song. So you can like get yourself out of, uh, get yourself out of trouble. And I used yeah. to just use the song like that, yeah. like a get out of jail free card. And then, um, I don't know, dude. I just had like a light bulb moment one day. I'm like, that's a strange one to cover, but it's also kind of great because it's just repetitive, like the same lyric over and over again. And I'm a sucker for repetitive stuff. And I was totally. like, trying to cover this and then kind of just worked out really well. So that is probably one of your most popular songs, if not your most popular song. What is the most underrated Neil Francis song to you guys? Uh, I would say either Games or Ask Me Anything. I, I love Games. Games is a really great song. Kind of a funny story behind that one, the way that got written, which we should probably tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, we were DJing and I heard the sample and I was like, no one's actually, and I checked who sampled. No one's actually really done anything with that sample. I'll let, I'll let anybody out there who cares and listens can dig it up. But So then pre that, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was a little bit hungry. I went to the kitchen and found some chocolate and I had a whole row of this chocolate. I went to sleep and woke up at like 5.30 in the morning feeling amazing. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I could swear to God, I saw the first ray of light of the day. Like it went, you know, you know, I have this window in my room. I had this window in my room and I was like, woke up, like, what the hell? And then like, the light came in and I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> That's and amazing. I texted, my, I texted my flatmate at the time. And I was like, hey, they magic mushrooms in the fridge or what's <laughs> up? And she's like, oh, my God, Jordan, what did you do? And I was like, I ate a whole row of these things. Whoa. I ended up having, honestly, dude, I had the best 
morning, it was like, I don't know if you've ever taken mushrooms before. Can, but I, like, can I just say, I like sampled these chocolates at one point. Half of a single, like, you know, square wasn't was enough to give you a, a real <laughs> you ate maybe four yeah psycho yeah. um and uh dude i this morning i walked down i mean you're familiar with la i walked down to like echo park lake with earphones in just like walking around as everyone else was like doing their morning run and you know when you're in mushrooms you're in your own world i was just laughing at these people like going about their busy life as i'm just like high as hell walking around, <laughs> walking yeah. around like came down off of that really nice vibe into the day and i just like i'm gonna go to the studio and write that song with the sample in it and then did that and then mark came in a little later yeah mark came in a little later and i've got this concept um i remember you like trying to sing what you wanted the chorus to be to me saying like on that and 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 then you know just kind of went for it and i think it was literally the first or second take dude that was what was sick about that song and it's great about him yeah. is that sometimes he that first verse in that song was more or less the first take nothing was written down just gave him the concept of what i wanted to kind of talk about in it and he nailed it like i didn't give him a single word or anything it's like kind of like a it was, it's a bit of an odd mix between like the sort of housey thing mm. of the track and then like a crooner type vocal but it works yeah. it works it works great and uh yeah and it was just story. it was just like lyrics completely just coming to me from out of nowhere i mean i should have been the one on yeah i don't know why i think i think you you kind of sang the games thing and i was like oh okay i, I kind of get mm. what this is about and i just was thinking about you know a, a time that i felt like i had games being played and and it just came naturally you know i love that you guys shared that story thank you so much for saying that that is <laughs> awesome that is, that is so great i really feel that if you guys ever perform like kind of more like a low-key set and you don't want people to know that it's your band that's playing you should definitely go by like the wild animals or like the crazy two or something like that you know just like <laughs> or like double double trouble is playing double trouble double trouble is about to go on Let's yeah we had, we, we had a concept for a name for just the two of us uh mercury twins oh yeah. <laughs> mercury twins that's a good title I so like be careful, that. Be careful Googling that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're going to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is the most unique place you've ever performed? Boat, helicopter, museum, courthouse, retail store? Uh, not as Neil Francis, but when I was DJing back in the day, I used to, there was like this hip joint in Melbourne <laughs> where you would DJ in the bathroom. And that was the part. So yeah. that, was, that was a DJ in, a DJ in the bathroom. Dude, I love that. That's cool. Were there a lot of people in that bathroom? Was it, it was a big bathroom? literally place to be. Was the bathroom? It was this? <laughs> it was this like shitbox club that was like dingy and just packed and just a hell of vibe. And the spot to be was if you if you weren't DJing in the main room, the vibe was I can't remember what they called it, but it was called something, and that was the shit that, that was the place to be. Not too far away from something like that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What would you say is the criminally most underrated album of all time underrated um uh i mean i'm just gonna play to my theme here and say that unknown world orchestra 2 roman numeral 2 incredible album all, all the albums are good i especially like that one yeah. jordan do you have one Man, i don't know it depends what side of the bed i wake up on most days these are tough <laughs> questions 
underrated. Can I think about like, Let's keep going and let me give you an answer. Let me give you an answer. I really am completely blanking. Okay. Favorite lyric or verse that Neil Francis has ever released? Well, I'll tell you one this morning. I was listening to some songs we've been working on and I thought it was quite a, you know how you know, well, in this particular instance, I'd, I'd heard the song, I've been mixing the song and like whatever. You've been listening to one part, but you never actually, it doesn't actually go in. And this, this morning I was saying the line back to me, back to myself in my head. I'm like, oh, actually, that's quite clever. It's the start of this verse that Mark has written with a collaborator um, and it's something like, you're left, you're right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. And the idea of, it's about the idea of being in sync with your partner. And I'm like, you're left, and not only left, right, but you're also right as in being right or wrong. <laughs> it's very clever. And it never really dawned on me until I was like, like saying it back in my head. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely cheeky. Yeah, definitely cheeky. I don't know if that's my favorite, but it's a good one. That one, that one I, it's, it seems like every time you're ups, when I'm down, when I'm left, you're right, and I'm wrong. Yeah. That's how, that's how. I like that. If you could have any musician, past or present, cover a song of yours, which musician would it be and what song would it be? I mean, I'm just going to shoot from the hip, I guess. Like, I've been I've been going down a steep under rabbit hole trying to get better at playing keys. I would love to hear him, like, belt out, show me the right, probably, like, our, in my opinion, our, like, funkiest, soulful kind of thing. I would love to hear him, like, rip that and make, make that song his own. Okay. Be- Do you have one, Mark? Stevie Wonder's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question that. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, yeah, uh, man, I've been kind of on a... Uh, Mazzy Star um, tip recently, and I feel like Mazzy Star could do a really cool version of Dumb Love. Oh, yeah. 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 Name a band or artist that you believe is the best live show you've ever seen. Like in person? Yes. Okay. Best live show I've ever seen. Uh, Well, there's a bunch, but I'm just going to go. First time I ever saw Snoop Dogg at Coachella for me, as I said earlier, like it was a huge influence on that's one of the first albums I really got into as a music fan. I know the whole thing front to back lyrics, whole deal and seeing him live. Usually for me personally, I'm a huge rap music fan. Rap doesn't really translate live, but he is so smooth and you hear every single word on the mic. He's got so much charisma. That performance at Coachella where he did more or less all of doggy style with Dr. Dre. And then they did the two part hologram. You were there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I remember that. I, I wasn't there, but I remember that hitting like all over the news. It when they when he when they did the Hail Mary beat, I was like, what the fuck? Is he still alive? And then come out and he starts doing it. I'm like, what's going on right now? Because the rumor of the day was that they were gonna do something like that with Nate Dog, because Nate Dog just passed that week or the week before or something like that. Right. So talk about the two part bit. And then yeah, that that famous beat came out. I was like, holy! God, oh my god, crazy. that is so cool! I can't believe you were there for that, man. Like, yeah. what a crazy experience yeah. that must have been. You were probably like, dang, did I eat a bunch of chocolates again? What's going on? Have <laughs> <laughs> I done it again? <laughs> <laughs> Not again. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment as a band? I mean, you did KCRW. You are about to play yeah. Outside Lands, UMS. You guys have done some pretty yeah. cool stuff going on tour. I think personally selling out the Roxy last year was a really good pat yeah. on the back. 
for, for me personally, I'm, I won't speak for Mark, but I, 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 that was great. That was just really nice to, to get that kind of that, that, that kudos. And, you know, there's really fans out there that are willing to spend their money to come and spend their money and donate their time to come and see you perform. It was amazing. Who are some of the more less known artists that people should look up right now? Maybe some bands that you're friends with. Yeah. Artists that people just haven't heard that people should check out. Well, I think as far as uh, friends go, we're pretty, pretty lucky. We have some pretty great musicians that are friends of ours. Um, one being uh, Brigine. She's actually the percussionist in Poolside. And she has her own solo project now that's on um, Ghostly, right? Mm-hmm. The record label. Really oh, cool. Nice. Really cool kind of like groovy house music. Um She's killing it. And then um, our, our, uh, our friend um, Matt from Undercover Dream Lovers makes some really great music. We have a friend, uh, Akua, who's put out um, an album. I think it was last year she put out this fantastic album. She, she put out this like totally underappreciated, like everyone needs to check that out. The musicianship is just incredible. Um, and then we have our friend uh, Sam Wilkes, who's an amazing bass player. Um, he's been putting out some really cool music that's kind of like it's like lo-fi like jazz meets hip-hop or something cool a lot of like loops and a lot of like tape cassette recordings that's awesome stuff him sam wilkes definitely his project with his buddy uh sam gandell sam gandell is is dude we have this we have this saxophone player across the way here and he's a jazz saxophonist and he sits there and rips scales and like plays i think to his like own live performances or something like that anyway as i said i'm a huge fan of repetition he never plays the same thing twice so it drives me psycho to listen to but then when i hear another saxophone player like sam's buddy sam the what he's doing with his instrument and like his effects it's amazing. It's like a vocal. I was listening to a bunch of his stuff the other day. Definitely check that out. Love that. We got a cameo. We got a cameo. Another, another, another great out. musician. This is the one and only. <laughs> so the one and only. <laughs> rhythm, rhythm Luna, everybody. That's our drummer. He's he's lost to me probably more times than anyone at FIFA. So oh, that's oh. true, actually. <laughs> Whoa, I actually know. Every time I get this close, every time I have a glimmer of hope, it's just. Where do you see yourself in the next ten years as a band? God, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be ambitious. I'm gonna say headlining, head, doing that nice like sunset set at Coachella, and then doing our own headline run and finishing things up at the Hollywood Bowl for a three show special. Yeah. Like a, like a, like I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's go. And my final question, guys, who should I have on my show next? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, our buddy Matt from Undercover Dream Lovers doing great stuff in in kind of our world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neil Francis, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it.